quite amazing. Ask not what your voice can do for you. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Welcome to the house, boys. We're here for the night. Everybody up here looking so tight. <laughs> That was great. That was, that was, good that was great. Didn't your wife say uh, that she doubted if we were actually freestyling in the podcast? Big time. Yeah, yeah. All right. No. Well, just to set the record straight, when that happens, it's just because it's in our bones. <laughs> it's not because we planned it. No. Okay? Straight off the top of the dome. Welcome to Haas, boys. My name is Parker. On my left, I got Mike. Yo. And on my right, I got Max. Yo. Guys, quick question for you. We saw a lot of celebrities in Miami. The best. Yeah. The best thing about a race <laughs> is the so many. stars. Patrick yeah. Mahomes. Sure. Good. There. Yeah. Definitely there. Was definitely there. <laughs> And definitely not not there, which is the most <laughs> important part of being there. We want to make sure that we make that clear. Yeah, and obviously plenty. We don't need to name them. Although maybe some people didn't see the race. We got Pharrell, Venus, Williams was there. Michael Jordan Dwayne was there. Wade. McLaren. Dwayne Wade. Had James Corden and DJ oh. Khaled and Paris Hilton. <laughs> the best. Yeah, people. only the Kareem of the Group. <laughs> I don't know if you could hear cringing. If is there an audible? Yeah, cringe? is there a sound for cringing? Insert insert, insert <laughs> a sound effect for cringing here. Uh, so here's the question: uh, mm -hmm. With all of these celebrities, you know, some of them are in and out of the paddocks. Mm -hmm. Some of them are in there chatting with drivers. If you were to have your dream celebrity that was going to be in the Haas paddock, chatting it up with Mick and Gunter and Kevin and Ken. And you just imagine that picture. Who's that celebrity? <laughs> this mm. is a great question because we don't have one. Yeah. There was no celebrities <laughs> in that garage. George Clooney to me. You want some George in there? Yeah. Why? You think he, what would you, what I do feel you think like, he brings to the Haas paddock? I feel like he could Ocean's Eleven some tech <laughs> yeah. from another team. That and a coffee machine that they could probably use that isn't a former Ferrari coffee machine. Right. You want George Clooney in there so that they can get some new equipment for yeah, once. Some Nespresso. It's not hand me down. And uh, maybe some, some new tech. Yeah, yeah. And a uh, bottle of tequila. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, exactly. All the things that George represents. Yeah, okay, okay. And Dapper, Dapper Dan, man. Yeah. As well, maybe some... Uh, some products. Yeah, some hair products. Lots of products in the, oh, in is, the paddock. Is Burt Reynolds still alive? Oh, yeah. Oh, he'd be great. Be oh, yeah. wonderful. Nicolas Cage. Let's get Nicolas Cage in there. <laughs> yeah. Especially now. Yeah. Especially now. Yeah, he's hot. He's on fire. Right yeah. Now. Nick Cage is turning it around. Mm, just Bob like us. Bobby, Bobby Moynihan. <laughs> Let's get him in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's Not get my some first Bobby in there. Uh, you know who I want in there? Who? Um, do you know in, the, in uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, where there's a guy in the background who's a crew member that's wearing a t-shirt. Uh-huh. I want him in there. <laughs> that's like a deep Easter egg for like true fans. Yeah. Of, I know there's also like a crew member you can see on Pirates of the Caribbean on the ship who's just in a white oh. shirt and a cowboy hat. <laughs> really? And I thought okay, maybe those, you had thought of those two, but... Those two guys. Yeah. yeah. I want those two guys and then also whatever animal got like mm -hmm. stuck in the forest in yeah. the background of the Wizard of Oz. That everybody oh, yeah. thought was a. What are you talking about? I, no, I don't know any of these Easter people, eggs. Silly, to be <laughs> honest. So now you know what Max and I talk about. 
yeah. when you're not around. This makes a lot of sense now. Yeah, we just rattle off <laughs> Easter eggs. So yeah, those three. Can we get Bill Hader? Oh, Bill Burr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bill Burr. Okay, there you go. Bill Hader. Burr. Can it only be people named Bill? Could you imagine <laughs> Gunter and Bill Burr having a conversation though? <laughs> there would be a lot. There'd be a lot oh, of controversy surrounding that's that. That's such a fun image. Okay, <laughs> Bill Hader. I love that yeah. idea. Yeah. That'd be fun to see him poking around and uh, mm-hmm. just not having any clue what's going on. Especially trying to flex on really big celebrities. Bill Hader's not the biggest of the big. This would be fun. Yeah. But Kyle they're the Mooney. truest of the Kyle true. Mooney, I would love a Kyle Mooney Formula One race interview. Like just a quick sub in for Martin. Just to see great. how people react <laughs> be great. to the, uh, for the NASCAR. <laughs> for the NASCAR. We're here with J- James Hans. Hey, what about one musician? That you didn't see. Busta. I want to see Busta in that paddock. Okay, cool. Cool. Yeah. Okay. I don't dare say Bruce (laughs) at this point. Don't you dare (laughs) utter his name. We've already gone there. Yes. Man, such good visualizing happening right now, guys. I feel like we're really turning things around for Haas's celebrity game. Mm -hmm. Just by planting these seeds in the collective consciousness of F1 fans. Shania Twain. Shania, yo. Canadian. Is she? Yeah, she's Canadian. Is Bill Hader Canadian? No. Okay. Where's no, he from? he's from the Midwest somewhere. Oh, that makes sense. I've gotten fooled by some actors, man. <laughs> they come across the border trying to be American, and they fool us. They fool and then us. when they get famous, they're like, I'm from Toronto. And I'm like, <laughs> they're like you, you got us. Yeah, you got us. We love it, but <laughs> you got us. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, fun race this weekend. Mike, this is a question. I guess this is a question for everybody, but especially for Mike because he looks so so much further back than Max and I. Has there been more activity leading up to a race than there was for this Grand Prix? Like such a wide swath of just yeah. things happening yeah. leading up. I mean, it was like felt like more than the Super Bowl. Yeah, the amount of stuff yeah. that was just. Tiny little activities, content coming out, TV stuff coming out, and the city leading itself, up to this, right? Like yeah. there's you know F1 stuff peppered throughout Miami, not just near the stadium. Yeah, is this the most lead up we've ever seen? Yes and no. I think that like the Formula One race in Austin over the last several years has definitely still had its own festivities that surround the race itself. I mean, we yeah. have performances from Taylor Swift and Justin Timberlake like a few years ago really? and stuff like that. And just like the night before the race, yeah. just trying to hype the event. But still a lot. But Miami was definitely another level of spectacle. The reporters were saying it. A lot of people were just like, wow, it's really exciting to see America take it that seriously and really want to entertain people and really get people behind it. So, I mean, from my perspective, it seemed like it was really awesome that they put in that much effort. Yeah. Huge lead up. The race is coming gone. How do we do? That's a loaded question (laughs) for me. Welcome. We were talking about last episode. This is, this is America's audition. They represented America really well, a little too well. (laughs) And that was not the goal. (laughs) And it was like, it was representative of Florida. Most of America is not a fan of Florida. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Even Florida will admit it. Yeah. Every time they would do something, I'm like, oh, like, why are they doing this? I'm like, oh, it's America. Yeah. We're being who we are here. We don't have the centuries of culture that other countries have. So we pull from the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. Dan Marino. (laughs) 
<laughs> so, yeah. like I said, this is a loaded question for me. Let's break this down into two sections. Okay. Okay. The race itself, the impacts that it has on the season in Formula One. The second section being Miami and the environment and the things that happened around the race. Yeah. Things that aren't season long and this is yeah. just Miami. Peripheral topic. things to the race. Yeah. yeah. I was like, ooh, ooh, like why can't we have a classy, cool race like they have in Belgium or s- Portugal or England or sp- like anywhere. Right. But I'm like, yeah. well, because we're America and yeah. I just have to be proud of being American. Well, I am. I love being an American. Right. This is my culture. Yes. <laughs> we put it on we display. accept it for yeah. all that it is. <laughs> Take it or leave it. Yeah. I think we'll we- shove it down your throat, if- deep fried <laughs> and in a football helmet. <laughs> right. Deep fried and served in a football helmet. <laughs> That was- <laughs> I, I, even just to paint that picture, right? So I'm watching the end of the race. There, the the podium has taken forever for everyone to get to because it was not near the finish line. Uh-huh. So they parade their way via police escort and a few other things to the podium, and they do the cool down room for a minute and whatever, and then they announce third place, Carlos signs, and you see his video come up on the screen. And it like loops more than once. And they play John Cena's theme music. (laughs) 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 It would have been better than what they did, actually. (laughs) But they get the loop going and you see it. You're kind of like, what's what's taking so long? I literally couldn't figure out. I was just sitting there. I'm like, I mean, this is already taking forever. Carlos, get out there and stand on the podium. And then he comes around the corner so gingerly in that football helmet. And I swear, they didn't, like, I, there, there's no way any of the drivers knew leading up to that moment that they were going to have to wear a black Pirelli football helmet on the podium. <laughs> so they made them wear football helmets with the gold leaves. Which and, I kind of think is kind of cool because yeah. other races do unique hats. Yes, and I like that when it's a cultural hat. Yeah. And this is at a football stadium. And America invented a gridiron or NFL And they invented football, (laughs) (laughs) which is Um, football in not football in Europe. Yeah. How much of a guinea pig do these guys have to feel like? It's like, okay, put the hat on now. Because, because like when you win, you get like the first place black Pirelli hat, right? Second place, third place. And they do embroider those numbers on the side of the hat and the flag for the country that they're racing in. So as part of the podium trophy, the hat is part of it. Mm Mm-hmm. And so they all walked away with black football helmets. Now, the only person that I have to give a round of applause to on this is Max just appeared to own it. Like mm-hmm. he just came out. And again, he won. So I mean, he would be the happiest to walk out of the podium. Yeah. But overall, like he came out kind of like gave the team a fist pump. But it's just, he looks good in it. Yeah, he looked, in, he looked natural. Yeah. But immediately the reaction to the loop more than once with Carlos... All of that just seemed like it was a hesitation of like, no, I'm not going to wear that. Yeah. (laughs) Are you you, you serious? You're going to make me wear that? That's pretty good. That's really good. (laughs) So I have to believe that Carlos probably hesitated a little. But I guess there's lots of football in Florida. There's college teams. Yeah. There's lots of professional teams. So it's very, very cultural. Like in Austin, they have cowboy hats. In Mexico, they have the sombreros. In Russia, they have the 
fur caps. Yeah, and they've done if they did a special hat in Baku a couple years ago as well. So I mean, it's it's fun. I think it's cool. Yeah, it's and not. I was, I was happy about it. It's not uncommon, and I, it, you know, to your point, football. It is at a football stadium. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, definitely. Like it plays to a certain cue, but I think springing that on them a little <laughs> bit is kind of a bad idea. Reflected of, in, in Carlos. Yeah, uh, it's just kind of like okay, uh, I will wear it. I wish that this was the race I DNF'd. (laughs) (laughs) That was was definitely something. Sure. But to even talk about the podium, post-race interviews were kind of awkward. A lot of the sports broadcasters they had chose were awkward and weird. They were trying to, I guess, trying to bring in an American crowd. The broadcasters probably didn't know about F1 a whole lot. And I think that showed. As I was watching weekend build up to the race Friday and Saturday, um, it seemed like, the majority of all the coverage what they were talking about was how expensive the food was in the paddock on the cool fake yachts. Um, <laughs> what kind of celebrities would be there? Like that Hard was hitting news. That was the majority of everything. Right. And it would and then they would cut it up with like a five second interview with Max Verstappen and then just go right back to how much a steak costs. <laughs> and I, was like, I guess this is what Americans want to know. Uh, we wanted to yeah. compete with Monaco on steak price. Exactly. The things that I did appreciate and the things that I was really excited about was the attendance of so many F1 legends, including those who aren't local. So it was really cool to see, you know, as there was a photo with Jackie Stewart, Mario Andretti, and Emerson Fittipaldi all standing cool, together. cool photo. And I'm like, man, that's a trio of just legendary Fun. proportions. Yeah, and that's what we wanted to see. Right. A representation of a history of motorsport in America right. coming together for this thing. And maybe instead of the TikTok and James Corden and influencers and celebrities that don't have a clue. But because it's America, they're going to be there. Right. You right. know, it's almost impossible to avoid. But but the emphasis of even, you know, and they did do a good job of at least including these people. I loved listening to Mario's interview during the Red Flag and FP2, mm. which was great. Hearing Juan Pablo Montoya's take, current, what he felt about Lewis's performance in the Mercedes. Yeah. and. Some of those comments were really cool. You need so, yeah. And Juan Pablo Montoya is not really known for having a filter, so it's great to get him on a microphone every <laughs> once in a while. Did he win a championship? No, he never won a championship, but... He won a couple races. He was a race winner. and Multiple, like, like a lot. Yeah, like, and he... Which is good. Also was an, yeah, like very prominent IndyCar driver. Cool. So he has a history of racing in the States as well. And NASCAR. He also raced in NASCAR for a few years. So nothing really stopped JBM, Juan Pablo. Mm. Excuse me, JPM. (laughs) I mean, I can't tell you all the funny things about that grid walk, but Martin Brundle just trying to talk to people is always hilarious. His <laughs> so little good. undercutting He's quips. also like kind of a smaller sure, guy. I don't, know, I don't know how to describe him. Is he squirrely? I don't, I don't know. know. He's just tenacious. Yeah. And also British. So it's like <laughs> a polite aggressiveness. Yeah. Yeah. But I was watching it and just grateful that F1 does this segment. I'm like, this is turning into a bit almost where every time we have this kind of sketch or bit where Martin Brindle goes through and roasts celebrities, I want it all the time. It's amazing. (laughs) It's almost more valuable. Yeah. Than anything, like if he's if he's gonna walk up to Adrian Newey on the grid and ask him a question that Adrian can't even formulate a good answer for because <laughs> he's so distracted by what is about to take place. Yeah, then we're doing something right, right? But he sees somebody, it, like you said, roast him. I'm like all day. Yeah, I love that because Brundle is very quick to make fun of. Yeah, somebody. it's amazing to me, and I didn't know who he was before I started watching F1. 
But then when you do, you're like, oh, this is like the on the ground voice and face of Formula One yeah. broadcasting. Right. It's like, who is the guy that does the Olympics for NBC? Bob Costas. Yeah. Wow. Can you Way imagine you go, Sean White blowing off Bob Costas? <laughs> yeah. Like, who are you? Yeah. Why, why are you talking to me? <laughs> right. You wouldn't do it. Never. But that's what everyone's doing to Martin Brundle. And he just he just rolls with it. He's just dealing with it. He yeah. gets shoved by Draco Malfoy at Coda last year. Yeah. Uh, I never want them to stop that bit. I no. think it's the best yeah, bit. Yeah. It's just go down to the grid, see who's walking around and stick a mic in their face. Yeah. We were chatting a little bit earlier about how at Imola, where he's kind of squirreling through and he's running into driver. Driver. Yeah, drivers, drivers. Driver. And then it was like one guy that was a random dude. Mm -hmm. And then... <laughs> And the random dude happens to be like an old driver that he knew. Like, right. They're all yeah, F1 yeah, yeah, people. Yeah. Right. And then it's like somebody bumps him in the back and it's George Russell, uh -huh. driver. In right. this case, he's pushing through. Can't even a find pack a driver. Of people and just sticking a mic in front of whoever looks well dressed. Yeah. <laughs> Max, Max was telling that us. That social media what, guy. What was it that? Yeah. Tell us what that guy said. Oh, he just said he's a social media sensation. Reddit is going nuts about that guy and it's hilarious. <laughs> But that's a good point, Parker. There was a race that I was watching with Parker earlier this year. The paddock is not as crazy as Miami. They, he goes over to George Russell. George Russell doesn't take his sunglasses off for the whole interview. And I, I die because I just love this idea that George Russell... George Russell thinks he's so cool now. He joined the cool kid lunch I, I table. Just, I just thought that Martin Brown are going up and starting a conversation with George Russell and George Russell won't take his glasses off. He's like, don't know if you heard Martin, but one of the cool drivers now. Yeah. Williams, that's a thing in the past. I don't know who Williams is anymore. I know I'm a driver for Mercedes. One of the cool ones. I have a yeah, chain, yeah. I have I a chain on my heard. wallet. Have you seen the chain on my wallet, Martin? Did you see the way I was dressed last race? Yeah, with the umbrellas. Yeah, wasn't that cool? <laughs> the jewelry ban. The jewelry ban you've heard about this, Martin? It's about me. It's because yeah. of me. Because I have a lot of uh, necklaces and uh, Rolexes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All the cool ones. Yeah. Aren't you sponsored by IWC, George? Martin, do you know of a cool watch brand? <laughs> I probably have one. <laughs> Man, he's cool. <laughs> you wanted to go out with Mercedes' number one driver? It's me. I don't take my shades off inside. <laughs> slowly weirder accents it's as we go. Going a bit Australian. <laughs> don't wear my sunglasses inside. Oh, I don't wear my sunglasses, bro. <laughs> oh, bro. I don't know if you know. I'm a cool Mercedes driver, bro. I'm cool now, mate. <laughs> I'm real cool now. <laughs> Why? It's Gromit. It's just going back to walls and Gromit. No. <laughs> I'm real cool, Wallace. I'm real Toto. cool. You guys furthering the evidence that we can't have nice things in All America. All of our accents just evolve into Wallace from Liverpool. It's either, yeah, it's Wallace from um, Martin, I'm cool now. I'm cool now, Martin. Uh, oh, man. Oh. Hey, uh, anyway, so... Uh, what the hell were we talking about? So... So next week, uh, we're going to be welcoming George Russell to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Been looking forward to this one for a minute. He's Man, trying he's cool. so hard. Uh, but bless him. On and I off mean, the grid. He's, he's racing great. like a pro right now, and it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. So. Keep your sunglasses on, George. It's working. <laughs>
Yeah, it's working, buddy. Yeah, we're loving the education on Mercedes that we're getting from George right now. <laughs> well, like you said, Brundle's interviews were killer. They're very funny. Uh, he's. I also felt like over the weekend, he couldn't help himself but have a good moment to just mention the marina. <laughs> it, it was like it was like every time they cut away to him, he was like, you know, the wind is it's a bit unsteady, but you would never know guessing by the <laughs> marina. And he's just like uh, slide it in. See, uh. and that's just, that's what's funny here, guys. None of the Americans that are watching are recognizing that he's roasting us. Oh, yeah, big time. <laughs> yeah, it's quite windy, but over at the marina, it looks like everyone's fine. And they're like, there's a marina. <laughs> and all the, all the English people are understanding that like, oh, yeah. he's pointing out how dumb that is. <laughs> oh, their humor has always been more advanced than so slapstick American, for sure. Right? Dry wit. One of the things that I think was so positive, like a huge positive and something that was immediately apparent. Leclerc and Verstappen are battling for the lead. Verstappen punches it down. Makes the dive. Makes the pass. And the crowd noise, the volume was louder than the cars. I think even the announcers were stunned mm. at just how loud the crowd got for that pass. And to me, I was like, I got like goosebumps. I was like, wow. what in the world? I'm like, I, I think for all of the errors that we <laughs> committed, like you said, at a probationary state yeah, yeah. with Europe, yeah. like we're like, we swear we've changed. <laughs> we swear. <laughs> and we put football helmets and we go the whole nine yards here. But we did deliver with the crowd. An incredible crowd. Yeah. yeah. And so much passion and energy in, in the audience. Regardless of like the ditzy celebrities that don't know what they're doing. Yeah. We have an amazing fan base. Yeah. And they're here to watch Formula One. They know everything. And they're uh, eating it up and they're yeah. understanding it and they understand the importance of Max taking the fight to Leclerc right now where Ferrari seems more dominant even though those tides seem to be changing. Mm. I think that that's something that was really cool to see. It's just like Coda last year had one of the largest attendances in like F1's history. Yeah. It's like an insane amount of people. And Miami can't quite handle the capacity that Coda can because it's not as Coda's accessible. Like in a field. Right. So you could just stand on a mound yeah. <laughs> and catch the race. Yeah. In Miami, a little difference. But it didn't matter. This sold out audience just screamed and was able to like shine over the car. I, I couldn't believe it. It's That's amazing. That's so I really love cool. that. Would be cool to be there. Uh, and I'm sure we'll see them continuing to continuing to return because those loud cheers probably mean that uh, a lot of people are buying merch too. Which yeah. is great for the sport. If you guys want to know, they did a lot of coverage on the prices of the merch. <laughs> Guys, one of the broadcasters bought a hat. It was <gasps> the cheapest one they could find no. for $80. Can You're you kidding. believe the prices of the merch? I'm glad they put that on TV. And it was a bad one. They oh, wanted no. a good one. <laughs> Return <laughs> into the lumpy space princess. <laughs> I want a good one. Oh, no. And the, the most expensive one was $125. Oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, Man, I'm glad they put that on TV. Yeah, good yeah, coverage. There's good you know, coverage. Good coverage. Prices. Yeah. So welcome to America. We're gouged. They probably bought them all. So in that transition. Yeah, no kidding. And Verstappen and Red Bull looking like the ones to beat now, eh? Uh, that tide is shifted, don't you think? Yeah. Well, last week we were talking about how Charles Leclerc, Chucky Leclerc, I mean, what do you say, trademark? 
trademark. Trademark. Hashtag registered I've actually trademark. been saying a lot on this podcast. You can go back and listen For to the episodes sure. too. Yeah. Just to be clear, Max coined Chucky Leg Clerk. If yeah. you see a meme with NASCAR Chuck, Max actually made it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was I'm not getting royalties by, on that. by someone else. <laughs> it's not an NFT. I'm not getting those karma loyalties on Reddit. But last week we talked about how Chucky is like far ahead in the points and how quickly that could shift. And so we're starting to see that shift. Yeah. yeah. I believe it's like 89 to 105. With so Charles still in the lead. Yeah, Charles is still in the lead. Yeah. So that Red Bull was getting faster. Oh man, it's quick. And I think that Ferrari are likely going to have to trim the car out a bit. What does that mean? So when you're running a car that's like higher down for us, then you have basically the bigger wing for both front and rear. But when you trim it out, that means that you're eliminating some of the downforce. Okay. In exchange for speed. Exactly, for straight line speed. So when you're on a straightaway, you're not being as effective by the drag. And that was one of the most frustrating things to watch during this race. I was just like, come on, Charles, pass. Like, just pass. And he would lose speed on the straights and the DRS would get him enough speed just to catch up to where he could get DRS the next time. Mm. Right. He was never fully getting enough speed to catch up and pass him. He was just always barely staying in the DRS zone. Just enough horsepower in that Red Bull. If it wasn't for DRS. Just to stay ahead. Yeah, he wouldn't have it. Would you say that's a clear indicator that they are going to trim it out for straight line speed? Should they have done that for Miami and they just didn't? Uh, That's a good question. I think that because of the pace of the Ferrari in qualifying, I want to say that they ran the right aero package, the right Mm. aero kit for the race. I think that what we're discovering with with the Red Bull car, though, is that when it's in the lead and it's in clean air... Yeah that the Ferrari isn't capable of overcoming it Mm. and that the Red Bull is just that much stronger because Mm. of that straight line speed. Mm. So I think that there's a lot of trade-offs there, but I think that the the quickest solution for Ferrari is to trim it out because if they develop a new power unit, which is legal, they would have to introduce it at some point in the season, but they only get three. Mm. So you have to be tactical about when you're going to introduce that power unit. Mm. There's some trade-offs there. I think Ferrari has to be careful about when they bring something like that to the table and also being careful about their reliability, some other things there. So trim it out, you're almost guaranteeing that you can do it and that your drivers can deal with a little less downforce. So I think that that's probably going to be their next move. They're right there. They're right there. So close. Yeah. And, and it is, it's just straightaways. Mm. The Ferrari in the corners is that Miami almost equal. Circuit has a really long straightaway. She has like two of them that are pretty long. Pretty huge. When you're just flat out. And honestly, I think one of the things that uh, the circuit was really, was really good. Yeah. One thing that I think is funny, if you get mixed reviews from drivers, it means, yeah. it means it's a good circuit. Well, that's cool. Yeah, I think with mixed reviews from drivers, you're going to have, that means the circuit is like actually a good circuit. Yeah, because it's probably forcing them into driving in ways that they don't tend to, which was something that Seb Vettel said. He said, this track seemed to play on our weaknesses is the way that he said it, which is interesting Mm, that forces them to drive a little different. Yeah, it was great. I felt like the race was really entertaining to watch. Haas was so sad, just heartbroken. We were really hoping for points from Schumacher. Yeah. And he was there. Real heartbreaker. He was there. He was there. He was, when he got up into them, I was like, oh, oh, at the beginning of the race, he he shot up a bunch. Yeah. And I, I didn't see it. I was 
at first I was just watching whatever was playing on the screen and I looked down and saw he was like ahead of like he had jumped a bunch of positions and I was stoked. He had a really good start. And then he was in the points and I was like, this is Mm -hmm. it. We're getting points for Schumacher and I was losing my mind. I voted driver of the day. (laughs) I did. I voted Mick (laughs) driver of the day. And I was, and what was wild was logging into F1 to like vote. And he was in the top three of people that you could vote for. Oh, cool. And so I was like, ah, yeah. I'm like, let's go Mick. And oh gosh, of course, of course. Tragic. So tell us what happened. Uh, essentially, I felt like the thing that was the biggest defining moment of that was Mick went for a pass. Sebastian didn't know he was there. They both kind of turned into the corner and they collided. Mm-hmm. Ripped the wing off of Mick. Entire left side yeah, of his wing. Yeah, and it almost flipped Sebastian. So, I mean, it was a pretty aggressive hit. You know, and Mick locked up going into the corner, which, of course, made it a little bit worse. Mm. But he went offline and they had been talking about it all weekend. This circuit's brand new. There's not a lot of rubber offline. And what is offline is really dirty. What does uh, that mean? Yeah, There's yeah. not a lot of rubber offline. Even as a track goes through a weekend, uh-huh. F1 cars lay down a lot of rubber. Like we talked about the tires before, like they're peeling right. off and getting ingrained into that asphalt. Right. That's, and I guess it adds I never a really ton of that. grip That's crazy. to the line that they've been racing on. I did not even know this until now. And what happens is because the tires are degrading, they're also losing bits of tire, which is going offline and and making it crazy dirty. And so, yeah, and they'll they'll show slow motion, and you'll see bits of tar or like rubber flying off the wheels. Right online, you've got nice embedded rubber. And then it's not that just offline you don't have that. It's that offline you've got balls of rubber that will reduce friction. So it's kind of like marbles. Yeah, so they call them marbles. So if you hear the term marbles during the race, that's what they're referring to. You get offline into the marbles and then your tires are so hot (laughs) and they're so sticky that they pick that stuff up. This is insane. When the tire surface is flat, it's at its grippiest point. But then if you go offline and you're picking up marbles and things that now make the surface of the tire imperfect, you're not getting the right level of grip anymore. And so Mick kind of got into that trouble. Got into the dust, got into the marbles, hard on the brakes, locked a wheel up and crashed into Sebastian. And so as the track progresses into the future, as they drive a little bit more onto it, these lines are going to progress. It'll probably get a little cleaner and that'll that'll give us a little bit more passing opportunity. But for the first race, definitely one of the woes was that the track had a, quite a lot of dirt. I was, I was gutted. I was just gutted. Huge heartbreaker. And in the post-race interviews with Mick, you can just see it in his face, man. Well, he knew that spanking from Gunter was coming. Right. And if, I, not, if not from Sebastian. Right. And there was just a single <laughs> tear out of both eyes for both spankings he was about to get. Uh, really hard to watch that. But Kevin's been prepping him for that spanking. Yeah. He's like, you haven't been spanked by Gunter yet. <laughs> they have a pump-up chat every night. You haven't, you haven't broken a door yet? Yeah. 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 Hard to see that with Mick, but also just another feather in that cap that we are on our way to points with Mick. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. And when else would we be even talking about him battling Seb Vettel? Yeah. Like it's, it's great. Cool. It was great. We're moving forward here. Well, and you know, Kevin uh, had a misfortune at the beginning of the race as well, where we didn't see it. They didn't even have a replay of it, but apparently he did have contact that broke his front wing. Oh. And at no point did they feel that the damage was bad enough to replace it and risk losing positions. Gotcha. And so they left it alone. 
and he just dealt with it. But at times it got a little trickier to deal with. Yeah. Mm. And then he did collide with Lance Stroll and I think the last lap and it took him out of the race. Yeah, that was too bad. It was heartbreaking for Haas at the end. Seems like the buff has moved back to beef and it's British. So mm. Couldn't have said it better. Yeah, Haas and Aston Martin had a real bad weekend together. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. But it was together and that's yes. the most important part. But I like what you said. It's it's Mick was up there. Yeah. He's going to be up there in the future. Yeah. It's, it's great. He did it. A lot to he look He was able to get to. up there. Yeah. On a new track. Like, it's cool. Yeah. He's got he's got it in yeah, him. Yeah, we're not at the back. We're doing good. Yeah. We've talked about this a little bit, but we're touching on Russell and P5 again. Again. If you guys missed it, we were recently talking about how George Russell is consistently placing P5 or higher miles in front of his teammate. So... Just one more of this race. Really cool to see that. Bottas almost had both of them. Yes, he did. And that was kind of sad to see too. Slide offline. And crazy, you see Bottas near the end of the race, just take a little bit of a wider turn and all you need is that window and you're you're done. You're toast. And people pass you and you lose a couple of positions. Yep. And so he lost it to both George and Lewis. Yeah, and people, I mean, it's always fun to see a guy who left Mercedes to a car people thought might be inferior to then be beating both Mercedes. Yeah. It's kind of fun. And even, I think even though he, he may not deliver a final result that's ahead mm -hmm. of them, I think just being there in general mm -hmm. is really, really salt in a wound mm -hmm. <laughs> for Toto and for the guys in Mercedes right now. So I, like I said, like beating them in qualifying in general, I mm -hmm. think is heartbreaking for them. Mm -hmm. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it was uh, that was disappointing. Valtteri was running a great race. I felt bad for him. Yeah, I mean, Russell, another P five. Yeah, Hamilton. I, I, I'm half I'm half predicting that the either the producer or the director of Sky Sports doesn't <laughs> like Lewis. That there's somebody <laughs> on the team in there that's like, play this. Yeah, here I got you a soundbite. Here it comes. Right, right. <laughs> they don't tell him what's coming. Don't listen to it. Just it, play it. Just play it. Yeah, and then it comes through, and it's like really did me dirty with the strategy <laughs> or whatever Lewis yeah. said. Yeah. In his post-race interview, he was talking about how he got stuck behind. He said, very unlucky, got stuck behind some people. And I just thought, what a, what a roundabout way to say that you couldn't get around somebody. <laughs> and this is what he said. Very unlucky, got stuck behind those cars in the beginning and it was just a very unlucky break. I don't know how, like... Yeah, how do you... How do you why not just say I couldn't pass them? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should talk about that in the future, like how drivers have to know they're the best in the world to be able to drive for Formula One. There yeah. is a specific You can't mentality. doubt your skills. You yeah. can't. Yeah. You can't. I love that roundabout way, though. Yeah. I don't know if you knew, but like there were cars out there. It was weird. And I was behind. <laughs> the goal is to be in front, and I was behind. Why would the team do that to me? <laughs> Don't they know I want to win? Yeah. I'm Ugh. here to win, not be behind cars. <laughs> it's clear. Off performance from Gasly right now. Yeah. I don't know about you guys. I really like Gasly. I think not only as a person, but as a driver, I've loved watching him in his rookie years. Yeah. I think he's a really gutsy driver. I think he's able to keep it on on the track really well and not one of these rookie drivers that you're seeing just making horrible errors left and right. Until he crashes into Lando. Yeah. Which, that crash right. was crazy. Right. It was wild. I mean, I feel like this year's been difficult for AlphaTauri. They have had DNFs from reliability issues, small little snares like what Pierre had this weekend, but Pierre was experiencing car trouble. There was something that he was dealing with. Yeah. 
and although I haven't heard this in an interview, so I can't verify this, but my theory is is that while Lando was going around Pierre, who was moving slow, mm-hmm. Pierre was likely adjusting something on the steering wheel, failing a sensor, trying to figure out why the car was struggling and ultimately made contact with Lando. Big crash. Yeah, Lando's a really good driver and he's really talented. I think that he didn't expect Pierre to not see him, but I think in those instances, it may have been worth the extra few millimeters or so to not run that risk. Yeah. However, I was grateful for the safety car because it gave us a great finish. Yeah. So, yeah, when you when you said earlier that Pierre was probably looking at his steering wheel. Yeah. I was like, is that just a way of saying he was looking down, didn't see his mirrors? But I forget that their steering wheels have computers in them. Yeah. And they're looking at screens and adjusting knobs and dials. It's wild that they do that while qualifying, yeah. while they're racing, they're adjusting differential settings, battery pack settings. Yeah. Sergio Perez was monitoring an issue throughout the race that he also had to fail a sensor losing about 26 horsepower, I think is what they estimated. That kind of stuff happens, but you have to know how to do that without crashing into somebody. Right, but you, but he did. And, and he did yeah, crash it, into somebody. I, I think that your take on it is exactly right, that both of them were playing within a good margin, yeah. and they both just went a little too far in either direction. That would have been safe if only one did, but they both played it a little too casual. I think everyone yeah. kind of uh, came to the consensus that like Pierre just was kind of careless. Yeah. No, and I'm like, but from my perspective, you know, I played devil's advocate with Carlos last week. I think I like Lando could have given him a little yeah. more space. Uh-huh. You see a car in trouble, you you yeah. don't race it like it's not. It did give us a great <laughs> end, though. You like you said, safety cars are always fun, but McLaren just also had a terrible turnout because of that. So you know, back when Sebastian was racing for Ferrari, you'd hear him come over the radio and make suggestions. And over the years, those suggestions turned into orders for the strategy <laughs> because Ferrari's strategy struggled so badly. Yeah. And McLaren right now, I'm starting to wonder if they hired the strategists from Ferrari because <laughs> both Daniel and Lando had a really strong race going for him. Daniel got up a couple positions right at the beginning. He was doing great. Both of them were in the top 10. Yeah. And I think even pushing up into the top five. Yeah. But some bad strategy call there resulted in... One thing that I really noticed is that the second that Crofty leans over to Brundle and says, oh, uh, why would they do that? Why would they pit them and put them directly into a DRS train? Uh I'm like, if Crofty's noticing it, what is your strategist doing? Was James yeah. Corden calling those strategies? He Ooh. might have been. Or, or Khaled, DJ Khaled. We got to bust we'll that cut open. to the pit and see if he's wearing a crop top <laughs> with a headset. Yeah, that's the, another thing is the DRS trains, I think in the last couple of races or whatever, are insane. They've been way more intense than they have previously. And a DRS train is just like... Multiple cars that can stay within that distance now because the airflow is more favoring uh-huh. than it has been in the past for the car following. Yeah. So you can remain within that distance at little disadvantage uh-huh. and be able to still corner and everything. So the DRS trains, they seem to be lasting almost an entire yeah. race for some of these guys. In the DRS zone, if you're within one second of the person in front of you, you can open up your rear ring and get like a little speed boost kind of a, in a sense. Right. But then if the guy behind you is also in the same 
time frame. He can open up his and the guy behind him open up his. Then everyone's still going the same speed. Nothing happens. Right. It's pretty wild. And that um, DRS stands for drag reduction system. So, Dope. Yeah. Racing stuff. Shifting gears, we have a question from a listener. I'm excited about this. I don't normally do this. Okay. We got a question coming in on Instagram from Candace Alvey. Thank you for the question. Thank you for submitting. Thanks, Candace. Welcome to the Haas Boys. Yeah. She says, do you think that Mick is just slowly building up the experience he needs yeah. and the composure that comes along with experience uh-huh. while at Haas? And that in the mm-hmm. near future, is Signs going to be competing with Mick for his seat? Oh, yeah. Ooh. Benotto knows how to play the long game, and he's a man with a plan. He mm. just likes to play his cards Bonotto close does. to his chest. Benotto does love the game. <laughs> this is such a good question. It's it a, is a great good question. question. This is a great nuanced question Because here. if Mick is the reserve driver for Ferrari, right. and Benotto loves Chucky, right. then I guess Carlos is up in the air sometimes. Yes, for sure. Yeah, and if if he wants to stick Mick in, then Haas is a clear choice, especially since they've been performing so well. That's a really interesting scenario. Yeah, I think that it kind of stems from something we talked about a few, few weeks ago, back when we were kind of conspiracy theory before the season started, mm-hmm. which kind of is that they signed Charles to a longer-term contract knowing that they were going to go through a small dark period and then come out of it being competitive once the regulations changed. Right. So was the three-year Carlos deal, including last year and now the two years that he's signed, I guess would be four years at total at the end. Till 2025, is that right? Uh, yes, I believe so. Okay. Yeah, so another two-year extension or whatever on his deal. Oof, that the, seems like pretty good timing. It is. For Mick. And so I think that that's a very targeted question to a yes I do feel like this is kind of a strategy to play towards when Mick is available to be a Ferrari driver. However, knowing that Benotto is a guy who plays the long game, if that doesn't shake out, I'm sure he has another plan. So I think that that's something that we have seen from Benotto is that it's not all his eggs in one basket. Though I think there's quite a few eggs in the basket for Mick to figure out what he needs to figure out at Haas Mm. and then be able to jump in at Ferrari. Yeah. You know, I think there's definitely, it's it's to be seen, but I definitely think that right now that's probably his plan A. That's a cool question. Yeah. Yeah, Something to think about. Yeah, definitely not thought that far, so far ahead. And if Mick leaves to Ferrari, how dead to us is he? On a scale of (laughs) one being uh, alive, alive and 23 being coma. Okay. 12 being dead. Okay. Uh, um, what number are you at? <laughs> I'm 47. Yep. Ooh, oh, that was a so good like number. A, Parker, you, can you like beat a, 47? Oh my gosh. Okay. Let's hope. Let's hope. Let's can hope. Can you let's think hope. of a higher number? Yeah, okay. 40. Um, he's, doing um, he's beginning um, to believe. Uh, You're doing it, Peter. <laughs> Eight. He did it. Sorry, Mike. Parker won. <sighs> wait, wait. There was Thanks, a winner? guys. <laughs> Life's a game. <laughs> Dig it. You always play to win. Oh, um, not the phrase. Yeah. Thanks for... <laughs> um, we had a 
another question from Sam. Okay. okay. He has periodically Sam, written loyal, into us. Loyal, loyal question Haas asker. Boy. Thanks, Sam. Oh. Um, he asked, what is the best Formula One game? Oh. Like video game. Okay. Um, I personally, I've played like one. I had a coworker tell me to download another one. I haven't touched it yet. But okay. what if... What were those games? Oh, what? yeah, what is it? There's the F1 game that's on Xbox F1. Game Pass. F1 2021. Yeah, like the of- official F1 game. Yeah. yeah. And then there's the one on my coworker told me about, I think is F1 Clash, where you can like, I think you kind of like have a team and you race. Oh yeah, there you can be like a manager and yeah. stuff like that. Right? I also know that they're doing another one they're releasing this summer where you can be a team principal. Yeah. And I thought, I thought, so what if we each picked a different game? It's like, okay, how much budget are you going to allocate to this is Lewis's for real. scooter? This is for real. <laughs> Lewis's scooter. He gets $1,000. <laughs> it's not enough. <laughs> These are the decisions you'll be making yeah. in VR team principal. Will you buy one for his assistant? No. No. <laughs> she needs to run alongside. And she can. To increase stamina, have her run alongside. <laughs> Maybe we could take an episode later in the summer after we've reviewed some of these games and oh, come back and we say, idea. we decide which is the best one for I like viewers. that idea. Which also, if any listeners out there have some F1 games they want us to be in the review, submit them. Um, yeah, let us know. Because I don't know if we're very many. That's uh, That leads us to something that we're going to continually tease until it happens, which is a competition online on some racing video game between you and the Haas boys. Stay tuned. Did you say it had to be a racing game? Did you say that? I just said racing game. Okay, okay. I was like, we will get... Parker's pretty good at Halo. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty good at Tetris. Yeah, yeah. Like legit Tetris. Yeah, we could do like a Warthog (laughs) racing on, on Halo. Oh, there's some fun multiplayer games. Yeah. That is the furthest from driving video game that I could think of. I mean, have you ever no, played it? You drive. You like use the and you the survive. sticks to drive. <laughs> you don't even use the triggers. You got to shoot at things. Yeah, yeah but, it's ugh. the original drive to survive. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. I just can't. Yeah, there's got to be a racing game. You can oh, man, pick, the, I mean, pick the rims on the Formula One car. Oh, oh pick the rims. Just, you can just use those joysticks to go fast. Ooh, uh, yeah, and you can you can pick automatic, yeah. the automatic F1 car. Mm-hmm. Uh, we might set up like a Warcraft or just a good tower defense. Yeah, good. I've TD. been playing walkabout mini golf lately. Okay, okay. I'm gonna, so I think if I'm you want to jump on, on the desk, yeah. in a second. <laughs> it'll be an F1 themed <laughs> game night where we play Halo. Tetris, mini golf. <laughs> and Mike yeah. will not be invited because he obviously doesn't want to come. Not for any of these games. Mike, you're surly. <laughs> so send us your video game suggestions. We'll yeah, work. yeah. And we will uh, stay Shift. tuned for that. It's something that we're, work- we're working on and uh, you're all going to be That would involved. be fun to play fans. It would. And oh, listeners yeah. and probably get trashed. And our moms. Yeah. Because yeah. I played that F121 game and could not make it past a lap. It is it's very so realistic. It's hard. so hard. And then hard. I just I just go back to need for speed underground. <laughs> like this is way more realistic. <laughs> yeah. It's that's, fun. Yeah, that's where that's the word I jumped to for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stay tuned. There's a lot of activities happening at the Haas Boys. Keep listening in every week. 
We love hearing from you. Please keep sending in your questions. A couple of awesome questions this week. Thank you so much. Great race in Miami. We got two weeks until the Barcelona GP. And guess what you can plan on in those two weeks? What's that? A couple of Haas Boys deep dives. We've been working in the background on some stories to unearth not just about Otmar. I know where you're going with that look. It's not about our Otmar. Artmar. But we do have some really, really juicy topics. Our writers have been busy. That's right. We've uh, (laughs) we've got some stuff we've been saving for uh, between race weeks. And so... There's plenty to hear. Stay tuned over the next two weeks. Or else. Or else. Bye. Did you guys say that at the same time? Is that like when you guys are on the swing sets? Like, <laughs> you never want to do that. I'm cool now, mate. I'm real cool now.